Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnor Kabir, and I like watermelons. This week, we talk about opening up, something you either do too much or not at all. I got this idea when I saw a healthy gamer video and then a friend of mine that doesn't open up ever. Sometimes I want to hurt them for it because they always open doors and then they close the door. Not a fan of that. And at the end of the episode, we're going to talk a little bit about companies. And by a little bit, I mean, we'll probably split this episode 50-50. I want to talk about the iPads that Apple released last week. And if I sound a little bit depressed while listening to this episode, I just recorded this entire thing 34 minutes long with the wrong audio source. I used the MacBook Pro microphone instead of this microphone. So now I have to re-record everything. I just lost 34 minutes of my life. And I need, I have a lot of things to do. This is suboptimal. <laughs> I'm so sad right now. It's immeasurable. Um, <laughs> my, my smile is masking my pain. Maybe next week we should talk about stoicism. But, you know, I got to do it. I got to do whatever. First, we start with the root of the problem. Why don't you open up? And I can think of two reasons for this happening. The first one is disappointment or learning the wrong thing. The second one is fear. Zooming into the first one, disappointment or learning the wrong thing, this was going to happen because at one point you did open up and were met with complete and utter disappointment of an answer. And maybe someone got mad at you, called you dumb, told you to man up, whatever. This is something that I've seen a lot in my parents' culture. The brown culture is all about how feelings don't exist, especially for men. And if you express any stress, anxiety, or any semblance of emotion, you just need to suck it up, buttercup. And this is something you may see in, say, your grandparents, and there's some parents of last generation that are also like this, but generally, we're moving away from this idea of emotions bad, which is a great thing. We talked about holding in emotions last episode, and the with the whole P analogy, with that I won't repeat here, so go listen to that last episode. But the important thing is balance. Like I said, as a semi-joke at the top of the episode, some people may open up a little bit too much, and we'll talk about that in a minute. If this is your issue, that you opened up and it backfired, or that you were taught your entire life that you should, quote, be strong, end quote, which is the politically correct way to say, don't cry, you baby. Even when people die, you're told, be strong. Because apparently there's something wrong with having an emotional breakdown when someone you care about dies. I think it makes sense. But apparently, when we think about that and pull the evolution notebook out again, which we're going to do constantly now that we've made the episode on it, go listen to that episode. It was really good. The only reason that grief would be a problem is that if, is if grief ran long term and turned into depression. Somewhere along the line, instead of learning how to make it so people can handle grief in a correct way, to avoid being dep- being a depressed potato, we instead just said, be strong and deny grief altogether. That's being a little bit optimistic because I'm saying that there was a good intention, but maybe I'm complete, completely off the mark. And we will never know unless historians decide to study it and maybe there is an answer. But in general, I'm an, I'll be optimistic and I think that you know that's what it would be. If you got depressed, you couldn't hunt for the tribe, help the tribe out, you know? And so that's why it would be a problem. But... Instead of learning how to be healthy with the grief, we just said, let's just throw, let's not do that, you know, be strong, you know what I'm saying? Anyways, if this is your issue, then I'll tell you right now that everything you've ever been told and taught is completely wrong, unless you hear it on this podcast. It's probably fake news. And yes, that's a joke. However, yes, this is, this is really important. We're going to be talking about how you can open up in a second here, but a part of it is 
just the, the hardest part is going to be getting rid of the stigmatization. So if this is your reason for not wanting to open up or not you know, opening up very often or very much, then uh, I, I brain went blank. If this is your reason, then understand that the outcomes of the past don't necessarily have to repeat and you shouldn't base your present actions simply. Well, I guess you kind of should. You shouldn't base you should not open up to people because you expect them to not help because a lot of people do and a lot of people will help. So, and even if they don't help, talking about it is helpful enough. As long as they're okay with hearing about it, it's fine. And we'll talk about that in a second. The second reason you may avoid opening up is fear. And this is kind of a broad one. The first one is that the fear or the first one is the fear of people knowing more about you, which means that they may have more power over you. And if you're afraid of being able or of people being able to know your what you've probably been trained to call weaknesses, because just like we said earlier, old heads think that emotion equates to weakness. And, you know, when were they ever wrong? I mean, none of them thought that the earth was, was flat. Nope, that, that, was all, that was all us, yeah. You know, as smart, as smart as we've gotten, we've all gotten quite a bit stupider too. Eh? I, the, the, smart, the smarter one person has the potential to be, the dumber a person has the potential to be as well. The bell curve has not skewed to more smart because we have more knowledge now. It's just gotten fatter on both sides. You can be smarter than ever because we have more knowledge and information than ever. And you can be dumber than ever because people suck. Anyways, if you think emotions are a weakness, humans have a natural aversion to being vulnerable. And honestly, emotional knowledge can make you vulnerable. If you were a human back in the old days and you were going to fight a war and someone on the side that you were fighting talks about how they killed your best friend yesterday in a prior battle, you'll either get really mad or really sad and it will probably make your fighting worse. Luckily, the average person doesn't go to fight a close range sword to sword battle war every other day anymore. So we can probably leave that to the Spartans in the past. Times have indeed changed. Talking about your emotions will probably not have that many negative consequences. The other thing you may be afraid of is burdening the people that you care about. The idea that you have these friends, right? But apparently, you don't want to tell them about your problems because if you tell them that you're sad, then they'll be sad. And But you care about them, so, so you don't want them to be sad. So that means you can't tell them about you're sad. It's a pretty common reason not to open up. But to that, I have three responses. One, yes, you're probably opening up to your friends, or if you're super cool, a therapist who will also probably encourage you to open up to the people you care about. Due to the emotional vulnerability thing, you're probably not going around telling strangers about your inner thoughts and feelings. That's weird. Unless, of course, that stranger is me, because I want to know about your inner thoughts and feelings. I'm weird. The next response is this. Let's table the turns, okay? Now, instead of you being the one who has problems and you don't want to tell your friends because you'll feel bad, let's say that your friend has a problem, okay? Do you want your friend to not tell you their problems because they're afraid that you'll feel bad? Unless you're an incredibly morally questionable person, you absolutely would want them to tell you what's up. So you can either help or just, you know, be an ear, which as a friend is usually enough, maybe some reassurance. But remember, don't tell them it'll get better and probably don't tell them to suck it up, buttercup, because, you know, we've talked about both of those things and we have learned that they suck most of the time. That second one, sometimes you got to tell people to suck it up, buttercup, okay? But generally, no. The third response takes us into the point. How do we open up? And the third response is that the fear that you have about burdening people is reasonable. It makes sense. And it usually comes from a place about caring about your friends. And you know what? Sometimes, 
people don't want to hear it or it really harms people. I know people that are okay hearing about some problems, but other heavier problems can make them uncomfortable or drained. Not everyone is a therapist. This can be a problem for some people. Some people can't handle some of the things that other people have gone through. That's why seeing some like homeless people sometimes will be, I mean, the Buddha, let's look at the Buddha story, right? Siddhartha, he was just a prince. He'd never seen suffering in his life. He saw a sick person and a dead person. We've seen this in movies for all the time. He saw it once and then he became a spiritual leader, okay? Affected him pretty badly. So, you know, it can happen. I guess it, I don't know if it affected him badly per se, because he did end up going to be a very you know, historical figure, but eh, he was poor. The man had a begging bowl. He didn't live some lavish life after he became enlightened, just to buy the way. Anyways, uh, so what should you do? I know this is crazy, innovative, but hear me out, hear me out here. Ready, 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 ready. You should ask them if you, if you can share. And at certain points, when you talk about it, you can ask them how they feel about listening to more and how they're feeling I know, dude, crazy, innovative idea, asking someone how they feel when, you th- when you're curious about how they feel. I this, this is the type of quality that you come to this podcast for. Share it with your friends. Opening up isn't something that you yourself can do. It is inherently a multiplayer game. It is not just about you. It's about you and the people that you're opening up to. So how do you open up? Well, after you've gotten rid of any stigma about opening up, you simply need to, or you need to simply become better aware of your emotions, how you feel, and how to express those things. It's definitely easier said than done. But of course, you know how we can become better at noticing things about ourselves. Yep, going behind the Denny's and, oh, 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 wait, oh, wait, sorry, that's, that's the wrong script. Uh, okay, all right, I found it. All right, it's meditation, of course. Also, I'm going to tell you this just straight. Okay, ready? You need to do it. I didn't talk about this throughout this episode, but opening up is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important. We talked briefly about writing things down in the last episode, but talking to people is another way to help process and share our pain so as to ease the burden that we feel. Humans are social creatures. We know this. Be social. Tell people about your feelings. It helps. Don't be like my friend who's just like, oh, I'm sad. And then I say, uh, do, do you want to talk about it? No, 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 no. What, what, what do you, why, why, why do you do this? What do you, why? I, 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 I don't understand. I don't understand. Don't stop. No. Uh, you can't just open the door and then close the door. No, no, bad. Just stop, stop, stop. Okay. Open the door. Invite me in. You can't, come on, man. Like, you can't just you can't just start and then not finish. Why? Why? Why are you like this? Now I have to send that. Now I have to send my friend this episode so they can hear all of that. On to the real thing that I wanted to talk about this week: new iPads. I was debating not writing a script for this and just going at it because I'm feeling incredibly lazy. I was feeling incredibly lazy while writing the script, and I wanted to edit my next story. My dad sold my soul to the devil, which is out. Now, you can listen to it right now, available uh, on YouTube, of course, and it's also available wherever you get your podcasts, Animus Narrations, uh, on the podcast side of things. So, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can search up Animus Narrations. If that doesn't work because it's really new, look up I Soul, or My Dad Sold My Soul to the Devil, and you will find it. The logo is a big A with black background. You'll, you'll find it real quick. Anyways, you can listen to that story now. It is really, 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 really good. 
uh, and I think I did an okay job narrating it. So I, I would really appreciate it if you went and listened. So yeah, that very, very, very fun out on the narration channel. And by the time this episode comes out, maybe there will be another one out. I don't know. Uh, that's not a promise. Go check it out. It's a really good story. I also want to finish my EMAG homework. I don't know how to do the math, but I, I, I kind of understand the physics. So I feel a bit teased. Anyways, Apple released three new products last week on Tuesday through press releases and a short nine-minute video. They released a new redesigned base model iPad, new iPad Pros, and a new Apple TV 4K. The least controversial launch of the three was the Apple TV 4K, which dropped in price to $130 and got a new A15 processor. Aside from that, it wasn't much of an upgrade. So I think this is really cool. They stopped selling the 1080p one, which is great. That shouldn't exist. And they dropped this one to 130. So if you don't have a smart TV, which probably has Apple TV built in, if you want Apple TV, it's $130 now. Price drop is there and you get a small upgrade, which it's already fast enough. But if you want it to be even faster for no, no reason at all, there you go. The new base model iPads have been completely redesigned, kind of. They've been fitted with USB-C, given a bezel-to-bezel screen with Touch ID being moved to the lock button. Basically, the iPad is the iPad Air from a couple years ago. They kind of just took the iPad Air from like four years ago, and they're reusing it as a normal person iPad now. And the next change was that they took the camera from the top and put it on the side. So if you're holding the iPad in portrait mode, the camera used to be in the middle. Now, if you hold the iPad in landscape mode, the camera will be in the middle. So if we whip out my iPad here, we can find that the camera, which you can't see because it's black on black, unless I, I shine the light just perfectly, you can see the screen protector right there. The camera's right there. They moved it right here so that it's it's level or with your face when you hold it in. This is landscape. This is portrait. Portrait is up and down. Landscape is uh the, the high, the left to right. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. So they moved that which a lot of people really, 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 really like that change because a lot of people do use their iPad like this. If you're drawing, you'll use it like this. When you take a FaceTime call, you'll usually prop the iPad up. Uh, video watchers, are, for audio listeners, the, the video has a lot of uh, me showing iPad stuff. So uh, you, you, know, you prop it up like this, and so the camera will be in the middle rather than the side, and it just works a lot cooler for you know, all of that. The the next change was, yeah, so and the cameras aside, and yeah, it kind of makes sense. I think it's a fine idea. I no complaints, honestly, uh, because even though I mostly use my iPad in portrait mode because I'm taking notes all the time and I want it to be like a normal piece of paper just lying flat up and down on the screen, when I do take FaceTime calls on this thing, so when I need my camera, I, I, I do this. So I, I think it's a fine change. And then the new iPad Pros have M2. And that's about it. <laughs> There's a software feature that uh, it's it's called like hover with Apple Pencil or something. So it'll like show you where like it'll show you a little dot when your eye when your Apple Pencil is about 12 millimeters away from the screen. It'll show you a little dot about where the Apple Pencil is going to go. And certain app developers can make it so like say Procreate, you can see the width of your brush based on the dot and you can change it. I think that's really cool, uh, but it's nothing like crazy innovative and new. Like this is something that's been around forever. And it definitely doesn't need the M2 chip to work. It can work just fine with like an M1, probably this one. This doesn't even have an M1. Then you can like the code leaked and people tested it on older iPads and it worked just fine. But, you know, they have literally nothing else new about this iPad. So they have to they have to say something. They have to give it something. 
So uh, the iPad also does ProRes video. Like the third feature on Apple's website about the new iPads is iPad OS 16, which this iPad's going to get. It's two years old. Every every iPad for like the past like seven years is going to get iPad OS 16. It's not a exclusive feature, but they put it there because they got nothing else to say. Now, the controversy. The base model iPads still use the Apple Pencil Generation 1, the pencil that you need to plug in like a lollipop in order to charge. But guess what? The pencil charges with lightning, but the new iPads have USB-C. So Apple is selling a $10 dongle slash adapter. Yep, it does come free if you buy an Apple Pencil Generation from one, Apple Pencil Generation 1 from now to onwards. However, if you already have an Apple Pencil 1, then you got to shell out 10 extra bucks in order to charge it now. Honestly, this one makes no sense at all. I don't know why they did this at all. My only guess is that they have larger margins on the Apple Pencil 1, but that's a stretch. And there's a very non-zero chance that it doesn't have a larger margin than the Apple Pencil 2. It's possible that since they sold the Apple Pencil 1 longer, they make more money from it than they do the Apple Pencil 2, so they want to keep selling it. But I have no other reason why. And this is like the rectangular body on the new iPad. So it's not, there's honestly no reason that they couldn't have added the Apple Pencil 2 support. They just didn't. So the next controversy is with the iPad Pro. And first, before we talk about the iPad Pro, nothing changed. Like I said, they they did, they did made two changes. One of them doesn't matter. The M2 chip, like the iPad's fast enough. The OS doesn't allow you to use it anymore. DaVinci is going to be coming to the iPad, so it'll matter then. But for now, for the 99% of you people, GoodNotes is going to run fine. Procreate is going to run fine. You're, the, the chip is fast. Like Twitter is going to open up at the same speed that you've always noticed. It. It's not going to, it doesn't matter. Okay, open, everything opens up just as fast as for the past four years. Okay, no difference. Like a new chip, it, it doesn't mean that much. It's not crazy. It's overkill, honestly, un, until DaVinci comes out. So these iPads, honestly, like I said, the new feature like with the Apple Pencil, it's new and it's cool. I think it's great, but it's not like something crazy innovative. This is, we've seen this before from many other Bluetooth pencils. So as an engineer, as someone who loves technology and who loves to see Apple make new things and put their own Apple twist on the things they make and the things they do, I, I love seeing that stuff. So a part of me, that engineer part of me is really, really sad and upset that we have the same exact iPad that we've had for the past four years. Nothing has changed on the outside. Nothing. It is the same thing. It is just as fast. Well, it's fast. It's considerably faster, but it doesn't matter. Like we just said, it's the same exact body. Everything's the same. The back is the same. Cameras are, I mean, a little bit better, but who uses the back camera other than scanning documents? Like it just doesn't, it's not very new. And so the innovation engineer, I'm an engineering major, electrical engineering, that part of me gets really sad. So then I go ahead, take that hat off, and then I put my marketing minor hat on. I put my marketing hat on. I put my business hat on. And then it becomes incredibly interesting. It becomes so much more interesting. Disappointment goes to absolute intrigue and, and brilliance because this is brilliant. And it just makes sense when you, put, when you, when you use the, the business perspective uh, to this. And there's a little bit of engineering perspective, which we'll talk about in a second. So the next controversy is with that iPad Pro. And it only exists because of the base model iPad. So for the base model iPad, like we said, they took the camera and they moved it. For the iPad Pros, they did not move the camera. It is still on the top of the iPad in portrait mode. And a lot of people were really upset, especially, I my hands are so sweaty, it's especially if you use the 12-inch. This is an 11-inch. I don't like the 12-inch. It's too big. The 12-inch iPad, most people are going to be using it like this. So it makes sense to have the camera right there. 
right? And there's two reasons I would say that two possible reasons that they didn't move that camera. And this has been the biggest complaint people have had. Like, why did you do this really cool thing on the like base model, normal person iPad, but for your pro level, like set like $800 starting iPad, you didn't. Why? What the heck, Apple? And here's two possible reasons why they didn't. The first one is that Apple did some in-house testing and they found that most people, they open their iPads in portrait mode right? And they want face ID because this isn't touch ID, it's face ID, and they need the camera to see the face as quick as possible. And they found that most people aren't opening their iPads like this. Maybe that's what they found. In-house testing, just find some statistics, see what percent of people, how they open it. And maybe it matters a little bit more where that camera goes. And so they decided to keep it on top. That's one possible reason. The second reason, probably the most likely reason is of course money. It has to do with money. Here's the thing about companies. Their purpose is to make money. Now, not the, the purpose of someone starting a company may not be to make money. They might have a genuine purpose. But the purpose of a company in this economy is to make money. That is the sole purpose of any company. That is your goal as a company, to make as much money as possible. So that's about it. I'm not saying that it's completely soulless and every chief executive and every SVP is just an awful human. I don't know, right? But their goal is to make money. They make decisions based mostly on money. That's how a company works. They have investors and the investors want to make money and they expect the company to make that money for them. So the iPad pros. Here's the thing about tablets. Here's the thing about innovation. Like I said, there's no innovation. There has not been innovation in the iPad for four years straight. Here's what creates innovation. Because again, a company's purpose is profit not innovation. The only thing that creates innovation is competition. If there is no competition, then a company will not innovate because it costs more money to innovate. It costs a lot of money to innovate because you have to test stuff and fail a lot. And that means you wasted money, basically. Of course, you didn't waste money. You learned something and you, you won't. But you know, in general, if, if you never had to do it in the first place, you wouldn't have lost that money. In the tablet world, whether it be the base model iPad, which is like 250, 340, whatever, or it be the high, you know, this starts at $800, the 11 inch iPad and uh, $750 if you have, if you're in college, then along that entire spectrum, the iPad is the best tablet. It is the best cheap tablet. It is the best mid range tab- tablet with the iPad Air. And it's the absolutely the best, especially that iPad Air. Honestly, the iPad Air is an incredible, incredible device with an incredible value. But the iPad Pro as well, this is the best high end tablet you are going to to find period just you can bring up the galaxy tab or whatever the freak they call it but it's just not as good like it has a similar latency and everything it's a like hardware wise the tablet matches the ipad pro and price wise it's cheaper than the ipad pro however the market share that the ipad has on the tablet market is infinity okay no company stands a chance ipad os is just built significantly better ipad is fleshed out the hardware works it's clean it looks nice it works beautifully the pencil's right there sticks on beautiful it doesn't stick on for the older ipads or the 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 base model ipads and the pencil works beautifully it's nice it's everything works it's all built in you have these super cool magnets to let you put your case onto and whatnot it's all just an incredible experience and it's awesome even people with android phones when they are going to buy a pro level tablet they're buying an iPad. They are not going to, they're, people aren't going to buy anything else. You're most, you're going, you're like, look for a tablet and you're looking at the iPad Air and the iPad Pro, iPad Mini. You're looking at iPads. You don't even consider the other tablets because they're jokes. Apple knows what they're doing in the tablet realm. 
they they've done it very well so they have no competition therefore they have no need to innovate at all they don't have, it's not necessary for them to make a great device better because it's it makes no one else is going to buy anything else there's no competition there so why would apple spend more money to make this great device better when they could just reuse the same exact ipad shove a new chip in there and call it a day the because they don't have to spend more money figuring out how to make a new ipad they've been making this same body for four years straight this ipad probably cost them like 300 bucks to make now and that means they have a 500 margin they probably make a ton of money from ipad pros because they're using the same exact screen and I, the reason that the screen for the new ipad 11 inch didn't go to mini led is probably because of supply chain reasons or supply chain shortages so that one probably wasn't a a complete money decision it was it was a partly a supply shortage decision same screen same body same everything the longer that a supply chain needs to make one thing the better they get at making it so it costs them less money to do it so these ipads are probably not costing that much anymore because they've been making it for so many years same exact colors everything nothing has changed at all the speed of these things are incredible the speed has been great for four years and it just it's fast you don't need anything else so then we ask well, then so the argument there would be, well, it doesn't cost, it, it, it can't cost them that much money to move a camera. They're just taking a camera and moving it. And to that, this is where we bring our engineering hat back on. This is not a two-dimensional object, okay? This is not something where I can go into Photoshop, take the marquee tool, mark around the camera, cut it, rotate it, and then paste it right here and say, okay, done. I just designed the new iPad Apple. Look at me. This is a three-dimensional product. I know it's incredibly thin, but every single component you see on the outside here has something inside. There is a module of magnets along the end here and a charger to make this Apple Pencil stick and charge. There is a module for every single speaker. There are four speakers. There's a module for the charger. Even the screen is not a two-dimensional thing. There's a module. It's attached to a logic board. There's a logic board in the entire thing. There's a battery in the entire thing. And then the camera has a module that is as thick as this entire thing so how exactly do they move the camera module from here to here because there's magnets and a charger here they can't put it here there is no space it is literally not possible okay well then move the pencil here maybe right but there's speakers you can't just shove two really powerful speakers magnets next to speakers they will mess up the speakers and then oh what if we put the camera on the bottom that won't work it's not practical if i put my ipad up like this and I'm like looking at it like this, the camera would be on the bottom. That wouldn't work. Face ID would struggle. No one would use their iPad. Like it, this isn't going to happen, right? Like no one, who's going to, what are you going to do here, right? So that's not practical. So they can't do that. So in order to move that one camera, what seems like such a simple fix, you need to redesign the entire internal layout of the iPad, make sure that the battery capacity doesn't change. You probably need to move around the logic board, redesign the logic board to change the way that things are wired to make sure the connections all line up correctly. You need to redesign the entire internals and then you'd be redesigning 0% of the external. It costs a lot of money to pay people to figure all of that out. So that's why they probably didn't move the camera. It's too much to think about. When they could just take a product that everyone's going to buy because what else are they going to buy? There's nothing else is good. This is their only option. It's a monopoly basically on the tablet industry. And it's not even a monopoly because they own everything. It's a monopoly because they just have so much market share and they just make it so well. Uh, iPhones, they have to do something because every, you know, every other company is making phones and they're adding all these crazy stuff all the time. So Apple has to, they have a lot of competition in the phone industry. So they have to do something with the phone. And, you know, it's also their cash cow makes them the most money. So they want to 
sell this one the most. That's why. All of that might sound incredibly stupid, dumb, and you don't care, but I think it's really, really interesting. I think that that in marketing side, that business side is awesome. And honestly, using this thing four years in a row, and they can probably get away with using it a fifth year in a row if they just add mini LED to the 11 inch next year. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Tim Cook knows what he's doing. This is, this is, it's so genius. He's such a money making a machine. It's incredible. Like, He's an ISE engineer. He's an industrial systems engineer. Giving him, making him some other engineer probably would have been bad because that engineer probably would have wanted to see a little bit of innovation and they might want him to push for more. They would have made less money. So anyways, whatever. I, so if you listen to all of that, uh, thank you so much. I'm probably not going to edit very much of that. That's going to, I'm just, I'll leave that to you. A lot of excitement. I talked about it twice. Like I said, I'm re-recording this. So I just, I just did that two times and all of that was from the top of my head, but I talked about the same thing two times over. This is actually like the fourth time I'm saying it. I've talked to two other people about this and still gets me riled up because just Tim Cook is so, his brain is so big. It's amazing. Uh, but that's all though for this episode of Seriously Funny. No new music. I haven't actually a lot of new music from Kid Travis. Go listen to it. It's really good. I haven't watched anime in a while, which is a problem. And there's not much else to say here. So thank you so much for hearing this. I have a week off of exams. So in terms of future content, of course, you'll podcast every week. That's just the same. And then we might, I might have, uh, might be able to record a YouTube video this week, which will be awesome. I will do my best to record it. And if it's recorded, all I have to do is edit, which I can do, you know, a lot more spice, spray, spaced out than recording. So I might have to write a new script because I don't, I, I have two written, but I don't really like them. So I either have to edit or write a new one. Anyways, we might see a new YouTube video soon, which would be awesome. Uh, my, I have an original story that I've narrated. I just need to edit it and post it. And so we'll get a narration there. And I have author permission to narrate some of his stories. So I'll do that. And then I'll be sending some emails to other authors once those two are done too. Once, not probably not when those two are, two are done because then I'll, then I'll have empty space. I'll, I'll send an emails to authors soon to, to get some more permission. And you'll be seeing a, a lot more narrations because they're a lot easier to edit, especially when I figure out all of the audio stuff Then I can just copy and paste everything. Uh, a lot more narration stuff, hopefully YouTube channel stuff. And obviously you get this podcast every week. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, I will talk at you. Uh, then, yeah, thank you so much for listening and sharing. I'll talk at you next week. Much love. Open up. Peace.